You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. So this morning, I want to uh, bring the message from our epistle, which you have a copy of in your bulletin insert. It's from Philippians, the third chapter, beginning at verse 5 and going through verse 14. Um, As I read it, uh, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, so it's a little bit different from the version that you have, but I think you'll be able to follow along nonetheless. Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. If anyone else thinks he is confident in the flesh, I have more reason. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if somehow I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already grasped it all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of that for which I was ever taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What's Paul talking about here to the church at Philippi? See, Paul, before he became Paul, back when his name was Saul, was a Hebrew of Hebrews. That's how he refers to himself. He was confident in his own skin. He was confident in himself and in the system that he had grown up in, in the the system of law, the system of society, the system of culture. He was good at being in the world and not just in it, but of it. 
He was good at it. And not only was he good at it, but he was passionate for it. He was zealous for it. A lot of folks in the world today are passionate about things. Passionate about government. Passionate about politics. Passionate about many, many things other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was passionate when he was Saul about the world in which he lived and moved and had his being. But ultimately, Paul was not satisfied with it. It didn't fill him up. Why do you suppose that is? I can relate to Paul. Maybe you can relate to him too. See, there was a time when I considered myself to be successful. After a career in the Marine Corps, I went to work in the private sector and I, I was using my field of expertise, not artillery, because there's not much called to blow things up out here. But in logistics, moving people and equipment and supplies from one place to another quickly and efficiently. And I made a great deal of money doing it. I was good at it. I was passionate about it. You might even say that I was zealous for it. The, uh, being able to load an aircraft so that it flew straight and level is an accomplishment. It doesn't just happen. You have to calculate things and use math and stuff like that. The things that mattered in my life before, money, power, prestige, you might say that I was zealous for those things. But the thing is, like Paul, I was never satisfied. I was never filled up to a point of having peace and contentment. Enough was not a word I was familiar with. There was never enough. Until I finally realized that the thing I didn't have enough of was peace and joy. See, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi is, is considered by those that study these things, theologians, academics, as a, a great foundational work of classical, systematic theology. I know. Can you believe we make a study out of those things? Classical, systematic theology as it deals very succinctly, very precisely with three important topics in our faith as Christians. Justification. Some might say salvation. Sanctification, and the third one, glorification. 
as we read that letter, we see that Paul is addressing these things to the church at Philippi. And we know from reading all of the epistles that whenever Paul talks to a church, he's talking to the church. So this morning, I thought we'd all go to school for a bit and talk about these three points in the context of Paul's letter so that we have a better understanding of what happens to us from the moment we say yes to Jesus. See, when Paul gives us uh, his account of who he was in the flesh, who he was in the world, in the culture, he's not, in fact, in this passage, boasting. What he's doing is confessing. Confessing. He says, you know my pedigree. I had a legitimate birth. I was circumcised on the eighth day, just like the law said I needed to be. I was an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin. I was a strict and devout adherent to God's law as given to Moses. And not only that, but I kept all the other laws that were handed down to us by the priests and the Pharisees, etc. He says, I was a fiery defender of the purity of my religion. Even to the point of persecuting this new upstart Christian church. I was a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. That's what Paul or Saul at the time was all about. And so when he writes this, it's, it does sound as if he's boasting about his credentials, doesn't it? Do you think you have a reason to boast? Listen to this. But then he says, the very credentials that these people are waving around as something special. And he was one of those people, by the way. He says, I'm tearing them up and I'm throwing them out with the trash, along with everything else that I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Jesus Christ. See, when Paul realizes that all of that stuff, all of those credentials, all of that prestige and power don't amount to anything in light of Jesus Christ, he confesses <clears throat> that he was wrong and he turns from his wicked ways. He says, yes, all the things I once thought were so important are now gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord and Master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is now insignificant. In fact, he calls it dung. Rubbish is a euphemism for what Paul called all that stuff. Dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. So as I read about Paul, I'm inspired. I'm, I'm actually inspired as I read about Saul who became Paul. I can identify with being zealous for all the wrong things. 
There, there came a time in my life where, though many might say I was at the top of my game, I knew that something fundamental and important was missing from my life. I had placed my needs, my wants, my desires first and foremost in my life. And even though I was achieving what I set out for, it did not satisfy. And so I decided to tear it all down. And when I say tear it all down, I mean in the most destructive way possible. When I finally hit rock bottom and I'd had enough of me, I asked God if I might start again, this time with him in control. And so I asked Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior, and I confessed that I did indeed need a Savior. Have you been there? I know some of you have. But for his sake, we suffer the loss of all things and regard them as rubbish in order that we may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. See, like Paul, we get to experience justification through Jesus, the saving grace of God poured out onto us as we say yes to Jesus. We are justified. We are saved. We are born again, made new. We are a new creation, transformed. How many different ways can we say it? point is you're not the same as you were before. But see, God didn't stop there with me any more than he stopped there with, uh, with, with Paul. Once you say yes to Jesus, you become a work in progress. Yes, you are transformed instantly, but also you take your very first step in the sanctified life. Justification is only the beginning. After a life of sin and destruction, there's much rebuilding, much redemption that needs to be realized. The, uh, redemption requires suffering. It requires purification. It requires that we grow into Christ-likeness. We can't remain stagnant. We have to move forward into our relationship with God through Christ. Those folks who say the prayer at the altar one Sunday and then decide, well, I've, I've done it. I'm safe. Now I can continue on with my life the way I see fit because I have just purchased a fire insurance policy and now I am insulated from the fires of hell through the magic words of a prayer. That's not how justification and salvation works. 
Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. In other words, we have to ask ourselves the question after our justification. Am I willing now to get to know my Savior Jesus who took my sins from me and gave me his righteousness? Am I willing to die to self every day and suffer along with Christ for the truth of the gospel? Am I willing to give all of myself away so that I may be filled totally with him? Because our ultimate goal is not just justification. God's ultimate goal for your life is not just that you be saved, but that you be holy. Paul's ultimate goal was not justification. It wasn't even sanctification, but glory, glorification. Not human glory, but the righteousness of God poured into him glory. The goal of every believer is to achieve Christ's likeness, to be glorified, to, as, as Paul writes, attain the resurrection from the dead. And yes, that means victory over physical death, but it also means victory over spiritual death. Resurrection from who we were, born again, justified by Christ into a right relationship with God, redeemed and transformed by the Holy Spirit, sanctified and achieving perfection, entire sanctification in this life, and then, finally, and forever, glorification as we resume our created identities as children of God the way he created us in the beginning. It's a long road that Paul traveled, a long, hard road from self to justified to sanctified to glorified. As, as believers, we can also travel that road, that narrow way that leads to the goal. None of us here have attained it yet, but Paul encourages us this morning to stay the course, to keep at it. Keep asking your God to sanctify you entirely. You have not because you ask not. Paul tells us in verse 12 that we need to keep on, press on. Not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Do you belong to Jesus this morning? Tell your neighbor, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind all that stuff that we've been through, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. 
See, if you, like me, are traveling that road to glorification as a believer in Christ, Paul is telling you this morning, no matter what suffering and struggle comes your way on this journey, keep the hope alive. Keep the faith to persevere by the strength that is in you through Jesus Christ. Not your own strength. Jesus Christ in you strengthens you. Strengthens you so that you can press on toward the prize that is yours to claim. Sanctification in this life. Glorification in what comes next. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.